Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast, where we explore what it means to be a follower of Jesus. This week's podcast is on grace. Have you ever made a mistake so big that you think it defines you? Peter did. After claiming he would never leave Jesus, even if everyone else did, he denied knowing him three times. He broke down and wept, Mark records, when the rooster crowed. In his regret, his repentance and his sorrow, Peter hears the news. Jesus has risen. As excited as Peter was, can you imagine how he felt? How would he ever face Jesus? What would Jesus say to him? Peter was a natural leader. We see that in John 21. And he was also the oldest disciple. In case you're wondering why I think he's the oldest disciple, John, sorry, Matthew 17, verses 24 to 27, tells the story of the payment of the temple tax. Only Jesus and Peter paid the temple tax. And we know from Exodus 30, verses 13 to 16, that it was payable for men 20 and over. We believe that Jesus was 30 when he started his ministry. Peter was certainly 20 or older. But the indication is that the disciples, despite the appearance and all the imagery that we see, were still teenagers. So here's Peter, the oldest of the disciples, the natural leader. But he had denied Jesus. And now he faced his greatest test. How was he going to face Jesus? He understood that Jesus would forgive him. But could he forgive himself? Would Jesus still have a use for him? Had he gone from the inner circle to what just used to be? And then came those words that he longed to hear. Words of grace that brought hope to his soul. The angel had said, Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you. Mark sixteen seven. Jesus was including Peter with the other disciples. Peter was mentioned so that he would know he was loved and forgiven. It was not enough for Peter to be included as a disciple. He needed to know he was forgiven. And so he was specially mentioned. Grace is when God gives us more than we could ever deserve, when we deserve at least. But was there still a place for Peter? Would Jesus still have a purpose for him? John tells the story of Peter going fishing, returning to what he did before Jesus called him. Come follow. In John 21, we see Jesus calling out to the disciples, and there is another miracle catch. This time the nets didn't begin to tear. The number of the fish is significant. 153 was the number believed to be the number of different types of fish in the Mediterranean Sea. The fish represented the different Gentiles, and Peter understood Jesus would use them to fish for all men, not just Jews, but every people group. Peter had received grace, and now he was to share a gospel of grace. Who better to understand that? 
Jesus asked Peter to give him some fish for the meal. And then he even served breakfast. I love the attitude of service that Jesus has. And that he has the grace to even ask Peter to contribute when he is given such a miraculous catch. That's grace. After breakfast, when Peter had experienced that grace and understood the breadth of God's grace, he was commissioned. We often make much of Jesus asking Peter three times if he loved him. Was it because Peter denied Jesus three times? Was it because Peter and Jesus were using different words for love? Were they talking about mateship and divine love? Or was it because Jesus was referring to different things? In the French, you have masculine and feminine. But in the ancient Greek, there were three genders. There was masculine, feminine, and neuter. And the word these, it's impossible to determine, was it masculine, was it feminine, or was it neuter? So when Jesus says these, we don't know whether he was pointing to your mates. Do you love me more than your friends? Was he pointing to Peter's wife? Do you love me more than her? Or was he pointing to the fishing boat and all the elements from which he could make a living and saying, do you love me more than these? Or was it simply Peter struggling to respond to overwhelming grace, understanding that he was not only forgiven, but that by grace he was restored? Peter knows that restoration is complete when he hears those words, come follow. Don't you love the symmetry? Peter first came to Jesus when there was a miraculous catch, and Jesus says to him, come follow His restoration is complete when there is another miraculous catch. And Jesus again says to him, come and follow. Then there's another beautiful piece of symmetry. Just before Jesus was crucified, he told him that he would deny him. But now Jesus prophesies his faithfulness. He tells him that there's a time that he will suffer but he will remain true. Peter knows he has the confidence of the king. So how do we see the word grace? Do we see it as a wonderful thing? Do we see it as God's riches at Christ's expense, which is perfectly true? But I wonder if we should see grace as a form of love and action. Should we See it as a divine concept or the example by which we value people not according to what they deserve, but how Jesus values them. That we welcome their contributions, even if it's not necessary, and that we serve them. That we give people the opportunity they need to be restored. We all get it. If it isn't done in love, it isn't done properly. Yet Jesus makes it clear from the beginning of this passage that love is what motivates him. I love what it says in John 13.1. Jesus had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. Jesus loves us the most when we need it the most. 
If you have made a mistake that you believe defines you, I invite you, come to Jesus and let him restore you with those words. Come follow. Thank you for joining the Cultivate podcast. If we can help you with anything or you'd like some notes, please email us at crosscultivation at gmail.com. God bless.